What's up, buddy? It's Ethan from Marson House Recording, and you're listening to the Money Money Marson House with Tim. Swing gon' stop right into the spotlight, yeah. Give me some burn on my face. We took it from the block right into the top right there, and we did it all in your face. You know they gon' love it. What's going on, everybody? I am Timothy Lawson, and you are listening to Mighty Mighty Marson House. This is a podcast collaboration between Lawson Entertainment and Marson House Recording. This show features hip-hop artists, producers, and other figures in the hip-hop space, and we talk to them about their introduction to the culture, their creative process, and then we like to deconstruct some of their work and, and hear about the stories and inspiration that are behind it. Before we get to my interview today with Marson House recording artist Eddie Madrid, a few housekeeping notes. One, go to youtube.com slash house to view all of the Marson House Cypher videos. They are legendary. Everybody loves them. And each Cypher is just, they're just getting better and better as they go. If you want audio versions of the of those ciphers, subscribe to Mighty Mighty Marson House in iTunes. Go to iTunes and just search Marson House. You'll see the logo there with the M and the H and the arrow, the blue background and everything. You will get a cipher, a previously released cipher to your iTunes library so you have an audio version and can take it on the go with you. Lastly, if you or someone you know is interested in being on the podcast, if you're an artist, if you're a producer, if you think that you have some substance to bring to my audience, email me, Lawson at LawsonEntertainment.com, and let me know uh, let me know why you want to be on the show, and then send me a link or something to some of your materials so I can review it. Uh, and I'm eager to bring more artists on the show and, and just fully embrace this culture that we're in. Be sure to check out Eddie Madrid's new material on SoundCloud. I highly recommend it. We mentioned the link in the interview. Without further ado, here is my chat with Eddie talking all... You know they gonna love All right, what's going on, everybody? I'm here with Eddie Madrid, an artist on Marston House Records. And uh, you're the first of, of the uh, the group of artists that are on Marston House Records to, uh, to come on the show. And that is very appropriate because... Uh, I, just a few weeks ago, I was telling Steve, uh, Steve Skax, one of the co-founders of Marson House, that you are, in fact, my favorite artist uh, in that group. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate it. That means a lot. Of course. So you, uh, yeah, you go by Eddie Madrid. Let's start with this. You go by Eddie Madrid, but you haven't always. Right. I, uh, I, for the first name I had, and I had it for like two or three years, was Finest with a PH. That was just like the first rap name I ever had. And like, I was just really committed to it. Cause I was like, man, if I change it, I have these songs out. Da, 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 da. But then I was just like, you know what? Like, I really want this new project and like this whole feel of like Marston House Records to really like just be an epitome of like me and what I do. So I had to change the name a couple months back. But yeah, changed it to <laughs> my government. <laughs> it's your government. So, so Eddie Madrid is your. Uh, is your legal name then? Right. Well, my full name is Edward Madrid, but Eddie has always sure. been like my name. That's always just been the nickname. So it's pretty much yeah, it's my name. The first, the first question, uh, you know, in in the flow of questions for this show is always, how are you introduced to the culture of hip hop? Bring us back either to the first song you heard or the first time you were, you know, you watched some break dancers, maybe, maybe you heard a beat and was interested. Like, how were you introduced to the culture of hip hop? Um, I was introduced to hip hop, I want to say by my dad, from what I can recall, my dad, uh, he listened to all types of music, but mostly it was like Spanish music. But also, um, I guess, because of his friends, he was in the Navy. So he had a lot of friends, uh, like that, like, were like, just from different areas. So you meet all these different people from different walks of life. And then I guess, I guess he got like introduced to hip hop that way, almost in a sense. And then he used to play a lot of uh, Tupac. Like, not like Brenda had a baby Tupac, but like California love Tupac. Sure, And like sure. I get around and whatnot. And then also, I remember specifically when Country Grammar dropped by Nelly, my dad was bumping that heavy. <laughs> uh, okay. So I think N- Nelly was actually like my favorite artist. Like when I first like got into hip hop, I was like, oh man, Nelly's cool. Because <laughs> like I didn't, 
um i didn't like search for music i just played whatever my dad had so yeah uh it was really deli but then like after that like with the internet and everything like i really just stumbled upon different artists i think my whole my whole like process of it i went from like nelly and that whole mainstream thing and then kanye with like graduation type kanye and then i got into um like my parents would play college dropout kanye like the singles like through the wire and all falls down right. things like that but i didn't like delve into it till like about eighth or ninth grade is when i really like just did i really just dove into hip-hop and that's like i'm to kanye to all of Pac to to um just a bunch of just a bunch of artists. It was, I had like so many burned CDs. It was crazy. I just really dove dove deep into the whole the whole thing. Yeah, that's that's something that I think is really unique to uh you know to the millennial and the uh, generation Y is we remember the era where where most people's most people had just burn CDs with Sharpie text on right. it on whatever was on there. And it was either, it was either an actual album, right? It was either right. like, this is Kanye West graduation or it was a mix. And the mix was, it, it, it was one of two things. It was given some special title to like commemorate the purpose of the mix <laughs> yeah. or, or it was genre mix. And then the number of the mix, right? So rap right. mix five, exactly. rap mix six, and then what's funny is people always screwed this one up. People would be bold and put new rap mix, like as if that was going to be the only yeah, new rap like that was going to be. The, I had like Eddie's jams. I had the Z. I had the Z in jams. I had, yeah. It was it was it was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. Because then you have to start doing new jams too. New jams. Yeah, yeah, three, yeah. I had like... Eddie's jams two, three, four. <laughs> it was a series. I had an ongoing series. R.I.P. For the longest. For the longest time, I didn't have a computer that could burn, so I would always name my CDs after the person that burned them, or at least like an inside joke between us or something like that. So that way I would remember where I had that CD burned, and I could remember what songs I was into at that time that that person burned the CD for me. So That's actually really creative. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, what can I say? I'm a a creative person. (laughs) That's dope. So you know you, you mentioned that you, you, that uh, you, you really introduced to uh, the culture most strongly with uh, with Nelly. You remember listening to Nelly uh, most of all first. Right. I was actually just thinking last night how fun Country Grammar was to listen to. Right. You know you, you can criticize him for whatever you want on uh, you know content and substance mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know you listen to Hot in Here and it's like really like this. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, but you know, when I think about the country grammar, I'm like, that was just such a fun album to listen oh my, to. Oh, yeah. Country grammar, I think, yeah. like, really, like... Well, because that was, like, his first album. So that, like, yeah. the debut... I think Nelly back then is way different from Nelly now. Like, you had uh, you had country grammar. Uh, don't go and... Dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. You had uh, some really, like... I think his most intimate track he ever made was on that album. It's called Loving You. It's, a, it's like, really, like... He really, like, opens up on that track. I remember hearing it being like, whoa... Like, man, he talking real life. And I was just young and I was like, man, why he being depressing? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. But yeah, then then uh, after that, I got like from Nelly, it really moved into like Lil Wayne. Because you know how like when I was growing up, Lil Wayne was really like that's when he was like the best rapper alive to a lot of the mainstream like people. Just he was like at the top of every best rapper list, the MTV hottest MC list. If he was it was like just after the Carter two had dropped and he had dropped all these mixtapes leading up to the Carter three. And then the Carter three was this humongous deal. It was crazy. So at the time that he was uh, getting the mainstream recognition of being the best rapper alive, I was strongly getting into Joe Budden. And nice. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I, rem- I can specifically remember four or five people that I would see on a regular basis that every time we had at least a half hour to spare, we would get into another debate of why, of who was better, Lil Wayne or Joe, or Joe Budden. <laughs> and I remember, and of course I was a bit of a hip hop schnob about this. Cause in my head I was like, this fool will never understand. Right, 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 right. <laughs> How, how lyrically uh, advanced Joe Budden is compared to Lil Wayne. Right. Um, but after after criticizing Lil Wayne's, what I thought were sort of some oftentimes juvenile like punchlines, yeah, yeah, yeah. he came out with a Carter 4, and I bumped the Carter 4 for a while. Um, I, I Again, it was fun to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also, 
he actually like he would say he said some things. I was like, oh, you put a little bit of thought into that there. Right, right, right. <laughs> Like I appreciate that you're uh, you're stepping up your game a little bit. There's there's one little Wayne song uh, called "I Feel Like Dying" um, that is like old school Wayne that I still call back to every once in a while. Um, but other than that, uh, I don't listen to a lot of Wheezy. It wasn't yeah. It was like a really like I wanna I wanna like I would credit to the fact that I was really young. So like I really just would listen to whatever I had my hands on, and I spent the summer in Albany in New York in upstate New York, and there everyone was, like, bumping, like, Wayne. I was really in the hood of, like, Albany. Oh, I, 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 when I, my dad said that I was spending the summer in Albany, I was like, oh, we're going to Albany? Like, that's the capital of New York. I bet you look so cool. It's not cool. It's really unsafe. <laughs> it's really unsafe. Like, it was probably, like, it wasn't the scariest summer of my life because I felt safe at the same time, but, like, I knew what type of area I was in, and everyone was sure. bumping Wayne, and there was, like, the Drought 3, that mixtape and stuff and all that stuff. But then, like, as I got older... Like, I really, like, it moved away from, like, the punchlines and stuff to really, like, listening to music that, like, really talked about something or at least had some type of substance. It didn't have to be, like, political or anything, but it's, it, like, sure. it was just different. Like, you had 808s and heart, like, 808s and Heartbreaks and, and So Far Gone, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, and then Kendrick yes. with OD and all these others, like, all these other artists that started coming up um, and just different sounds, like Odd Future when they popped up, like, I bumped them heavy when they first dropped. And just, like, people who would just talk about stuff. It wasn't always about, like, the punchlines or just, they would just talk about real-life situations. And then that's, like, really progressed me, I think, as an artist, that stuff. Absolutely. And as much as, as, much as I like to clown Lil Wayne, at least that part of, his, that part of his career where he was, like, he hit the top of, the, of everybody's list, right. like, by default. Right, by default. <laughs> yeah. A lot of us, though, that listen, that listen to conscious rap or that listen to, like, re- re- lyrical, um, you know, songs that have more lyrical substance and stuff, we all still have those rappers that we like listening to for fun. Exactly. And for a lot of people, that was Lil Wayne. For, um, you know, we, we all have that rapper. So uh, so let's, let's then talk about when you, when Eddie Madrid, or when Finest, right, if you will, right. uh, first starts rapping. Um. First, like, I would, uh, I used to write poems, and I started, like, writing poems just because, like, I don't know, I wanted to ease my transition and do it. I, do, I, I was, like, hoping, I was, like, yo, if these poems are good enough, maybe I could start rapping. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> so it was, like, eighth grade, I started, like, writing poems or whatever, and then ninth grade, I really started, I started, like, writing raps to a couple things. Like, I had, it's probably somewhere on the internet, but, like, the first rap, uh, I did was like to this beat called the winner by Drake and I actually like remember exactly how it went it was so bad but actually like now I look back on it I was pretty okay for the for the person that like first started rapping but um then in 10th grade is really when I started like actually writing to stuff and like I I had met somebody when I moved over near Harrisburg his name is Brandon Shoup uh he had started making beats so he had just started making beats and I just started rapping so obviously it didn't sound great at all but you know the the potential I think was there and we just kept working and I just got more and more serious about it and it wasn't really a thing like I would put out singles on SoundCloud and stuff and I would like tag all these people in it for like two years and and people would listen to it people would be like oh my gosh he's really really good People would talk about, like, um, he's, like, the best in the Harrisburg, like, area that I lived in. And, like, that was really cool and all, but, like, I really wanted to expand. And then it, the expansion really happened when I moved back here. I used to live in Willow Grove. I went to Upper Moreland and stuff. But then when I moved to Harrisburg for high school and then I came back here that's, and then I met the guys at Marston House, like, that's when it really all started, like, it started getting, like, real, and then I started, like, actually working on a project, and then, so I guess the serious seriousness of it started when I was, like, 18 or 19. Okay, and I mean, and so, and for people who are unfamiliar with you, I mean, how long, how, how old are you now, like, when, oh, when it I is? Oh, I am 20, I am 20. Yeah. Okay, so just in the past couple of years, you find you think that you've just now gotten it, serious about about being an artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really turned into a grind. Before it was just like I, I rapped and I put out music and stuff, and, like, you could either listen to it or not, but now it's really, like, I'm really, like, focused on being like an artist. I really want to be like the face of like Martian house records and stuff. Well, well good. good. And I, 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 uh, I, I think I, that you definitely, definitely have the talent that's, that's worthy of that. Thank you. I appreciate it. So let's, we can talk, we can talk about these two things simultaneously. Um, you know, when I talk to artists that are associated with Martian house, and we like to hear how that, how that relationship got fostered. 
Um, and then also talk about your creative process, and I'm sure we could talk about these things simultaneously since you just put out a, a project on Marson House. So um, let's first start with, you know, how did you guys, how did you connect with Marson House? Um, really, it was because I was broke. Um, <laughs> to be honest, because <laughs> I was here in Willow Grove, and like I said, I wanted to really start getting serious. I'm like, I'm back here in in, in like the Philadelphia area, and it's like it it thrives way more than the Harrisburg area did because Harrisburg's kind of, I don't want to say it's a dead city, but like it was a struggling city. Like there wasn't really anything going on there. So like nothing really popped off there. The biggest thing we ever had was like a Meek Mill concert that lasted like 15 minutes. But, hmm. um, so I went on Google and I searched, uh, recording studios in Willow Grove, Pennsylvania. And I was looking at all these studios and Marson house studio popped up and I saw the price that it was, it was like, I think it was like 25 an hour back then or 30 an hour. And I was like, that's pretty cheap. Like I could do that. Like if I get it, like, well, no, I had a job, but like I could just save up and do that. And then I um, stumbled upon their YouTube page and I saw the ciphers that they had and stuff. I was like, oh snap, like, they really rap. Like this is like, this is like hip hop and stuff. Like they're, um, they're really about it. And then I saw John Bliss, who at that point in time was the only person that was really, he was the only Martian House artist affiliate. Um, and I just remember seeing him being like, yo, he's my age. Um, and so like, I found his Twitter or like Facebook and stuff. And like, I hit him, I was like, yo, um, my name's Eddie. Uh, I heard your ciphers and stuff on Marson house. I just want to say you're a dope rapper. Like, uh, let's meet up sometime or something. And then, um, he's like, oh, you do music too. And I sent him my music. He was like, oh snap, like you do music too. And then eventually like one day I just hung out with them. And then the first day that I went, uh, that's actually oh, hold on i just kind of messed up my story the day after i had hit up bliss i called the studio because you know how they like they have the number up yeah on their website like their actual number i called steve but steve was on like tour or something so he like didn't answer i didn't know that at the time obviously so i called ethan and i was like hey um i was just wondering if i could like record at the studio but before i record i wanted like if i could check it out he's like yeah come over check it out and so i went over there um, it took like forever to find for whatever reason, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, is this the place? I like, I sent a picture. He's like, yeah, just cover the back. And, and, um, and so I go in there and I just sat in on a session that he had with, uh, an engineer who used to work there, uh, Dom, they were working Dom, on like yeah. a beat or something. And, uh, I just sat there and listened to it. And like, I didn't, they didn't know I rapped or anything. I think I told Ethan that I rap, but it like pretty much just stopped there because I'm pretty sure he just thought like, oh, he's he's a dweeb, <laughs> like like he doesn't he doesn't rap. Uh, and but then eventually I'd met up with Bliss, and then the first time I rapped for Marston House was at the Day Camp Cipher. That's still up on YouTube actually. Like it's the Cipher where they had a bunch of young kids. I was 18 at the time, um, so everyone else was like 17. Or no, I was 19, and everyone else was like 17 or 18. And then I really rapped, and then they were like, whoa yo he raps <laughs> nice nice and for the people who don't people listeners that don't know um in the in the feed so tuesdays we release the interviews with artists and then on thursdays i release the mp3 version of a select cipher um so this will so if you're listening to this the um the thursday following this release uh we'll release the day camp cipher through the feed um Dope. and so what that does is you know, a lot of people like to go to the YouTube and watch the cipher, but a lot of these ciphers are dope enough to actually just want to put on your you put on your phone, your your iPod or whatever, and listen to you, um, you know, with whatever you're doing. So putting it in the iTunes feed and in the Blog Talk Radio feed gives people an opportunity to have the audio version and can take it with them without being dependent on a computer screen or YouTube or something like that. Right, right, right. That would be dope. That's yeah. a dope cipher to listen to, actually. Good, good. It'll uh, it'll be out in a couple of days. Uh, day camp cipher, of course. Marson House, you know, YouTube. I think it's youtube.com slash Marson X House yeah. uh, is where all the ciphers can be found uh, and you can watch them all. It's, uh, it's really fantastic. So, uh, so y- you got in, you got in with, uh, with, uh, with uh, Ethan and Dom on a, on a session. And, and then when do you actually, you know, become like, you did the day camp cipher. And then what happens next? They love you and ask you to be on the label? Uh, or what happened? Oh, uh, so after that, it kind of like chilled for a bit. And then they came out with a, like a special that they were having. It was like, it was a really, like, really like profitable thing. Like you could get like three hours for like $60 or something. It was something like that. And I had gotten two of them. And so I had two sessions there um, and where I recorded probably, I think it's the song on my SoundCloud that still has like the most downloads. It was like this remix I did 
of Yafe Kodo, which is the Childish Gambino song, who is my favorite artist currently. But um, I like had recreated the beat and stuff, and then I put it there, and then I rap for them, and then uh, what's it called? And then I recorded more tracks there, and they like really felt like what I was doing. And then they also knew that I was like pretty much associated with their whole like their two uh, artists that they were already messing with, and and Bliss and Khan. So when they did that, uh, they basically like, they just heard it. They really rocked with it and this, that, and the third. And then, uh, I forget when it was, but one day they just hit us up, like all of us up and then let us know that they were starting this label and that they really wanted, um, us to be a part of it. And so it went from having those sessions and paying for these sessions to like, actually like being a part of this label that they were starting. And at this point, like nothing was created. There wasn't like a website for it. No one really knew about it or anything like this is back in the summer. We hadn't even like officially signed the contracts yet. I don't even think we signed until like October, but um, yeah, they let us know what was going on and that they really liked what we were doing and they really wanted to build something with us. And I was like, this is crazy. Like I just had sessions here no less than like a month and a half ago. And then it, it turned into that. So I think really what solidified it was like my sessions just because, like, when I got in the session, I was really, like, I really had, like, a real work ethic about it. I had everything, like, figured out, knew exactly how I wanted to go about things, and I was extremely efficient. Just because, like, I was paying for it, and it was time. Like, I didn't want to waste my time. I didn't want to waste theirs. I really wanted to make something good and stuff. So I think I think that's what solidified it, me having sessions there and them seeing how I worked. Yeah, absolutely. So you released, uh, you released Bang!, on uh off the, that's the name of the project right bang right being, yeah. right, right. Yeah. bang is the first official project yeah and uh so let's talk about your creative process then you can use bang as an example if you'd like uh, you know when you're getting into a track concept where are you starting um that really is dependent on like the beat the thing with bang that's different from most like um bang is actually a project that's been like two to two and a half years in the making the song um I remember nothing, which is track thirteen on Bang. It's uh, it's like, it's two and a half to three years old when I wrote it. Like I wrote it before I even moved back here. Um, because back then when I first started, I didn't know any producers. I didn't, I didn't know anybody. I didn't like, I had no connections at all. So I would just find beats online, like on Bandcamp and YouTube and and SoundCloud and things like that, and I would write to them. It's really how my creative process starts. Is I'll hear, I'll hear a beat and like depending on how like the type of feel the beat has like I'll just think okay this is a song about this or this is a song about that or I could do this with this song but um lately the creative process is a little different because ever since I dropped bang and just because people have been hearing my music thanks to like Marston House putting out my stuff and stuff like that like um a lot of producers have actually hit me up and people are like sending me beats or uh, like people want to create beats like want to sit in on a session and make a beat for me and stuff like that so the creative process is a little different because now i can like feel a type of feeling and they'll like start making the beat like that but as far as like bang is concerned it was i would hear the beat and i'd be like all right so i want to do this with it and stuff yeah it's in you know what is you know what does being on a label mean for you right now? You know I think a lot of I think with how open the web is now and how uh, you know people use Reverb Nation as their A and R. Right. Uh, you know I think that people you know what it means to say I'm on a label is way different now than what it meant 15, 20 years ago. Exactly. It, so um, what so what does it mean for you? What what benefit are you getting other than you got a studio to to record in? Um. Well, first off, that's a really big one. I have a studio to record it. A lot of people like um I just I like having stuff that's like uh really quality. Like I want to make sure my stuff is extremely like well well mixed and things like that. And they do that. Um but I think another thing of it is just that I have like their connections that they already have. Like they can throw things um, my way just because of who they know and like stuff that happens for example like this podcast <laughs> um, because they, yeah. they, they, know, they know you and stuff like that so um, they really set up things like shows and you get to meet all these people and you get to be a part of so many things like uh, like the ciphers and and um, and whatnot and you uh, also like like I said they were like the first guys I met here so it's really like a family type thing like I really like they really were like the first group of people to really like believe in me. So I think sure. that's why I want to ride for the, for them so hard just cause like, you know, they really like believe in me. They, they put their time and money into me. So, uh, I think what makes having a label for me a really great thing is just the fact that you have, I know I have people that support me and I have people that'll ride for me and, um, what's it called? I'll have the studio and things like that. 
Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Like I just have a group of people that really support me and I want to make us all successful. Yeah, very cool. You, know, you mentioned the ciphers, the the legendary Marson House ciphers. Right. Uh, as an artist who's been on a few of them and who's gotten to to witness even more, uh, you know what what value do you think the cipher brings to you as an artist? Um, that's actually really crazy because like the ciphers. I remember when I first started, because um, the ciphers. I used to be really nervous about them, so I was just like, because cause anyone that hears my music knows like I don't make like boom bap music typically like I, that's not like the type of music like I make or like those that real quote-unquote hip-hop and stuff like that like um that was never been like really my my style has always been like new age kind of thing like it has a, it's like a new type of sound like you could tell it's like oh this is like 2014 or something like things like that and so I was really nervous about the cyphers because I was like man I don't know if I can really hang with these guys like or just like talk about like like just really just ride the beat the way they do and um it actually like worked out really well the ciphers are actually one of my favorite things to do now um because i think it really like the epitome of a cipher is just that you as a rapper you just go up and you you spit and you go up and then while you're rapping you just like really just you get to show the world like un- unopposed like hey you get to um this is how good i am and this is this is what i'm about and it got to the point where Steve actually told me, he's like, yo, like, you're, like, top cypher rappers all time on the Marston House Cyphers, and, like, people love every single verse you do. And that's just crazy, especially for me, just because, like, that's, like I said, that's not the type of, like, part of hip-hop that I'm typically associated with. So it's just, yeah. it's a crazy thing. So one of my favorite things to do on this show, and honestly... The segment of this show that really inspired me to do this is deciphering lyrics and deconstructing the inspiration for certain songs, uh, because I think that's a part. That's something that's really missing in the culture. Right. I think. Um, you know, I watch people who interview uh, Lupe Fiasco and Joe Budden and you know anybody really who who like really bears their soul on a track, and it's like you have so many great opportunities to learn so much about this artist, and we're asking them about you know which rappers they think are cool. Um, so I want to talk to you about, uh, track 15, uh, it's called outro, which is a uh, very original of you, sir. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, uh, it's, uh, you know, if you go into iTunes, there's about, uh, 30 tracks called outro. It's exactly, amazing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but in, in one of the verses you talk about, you talk about, you, you say Donald, I'm assuming you're talking about Donald Glover. Right. I pushed and shoved my way to the front of the crap. Donald signing autographs before his show and I'm wow That's my idol right in front of me The one that showed me if you be yourself they gonna feel it It don't matter where you're from as he was getting closer I could picture it now I would give him this flash off it with my music and pow He would hear it and hit me back telling me how he loved it Saying that he was honored to be my idol and stuff then Back to reality, he's pretty damn close. And the closer he gets, the closer that I am. Um, and how you were, at, you were at, I'm sure, at a concert, and he was doing autographs, and you got an opportunity to give him a flash drive with your music on it, hoping that he would be able to, that he would listen and give you feedback. Yeah. And after about a year later, you realize that's just not happening. Yeah, it's just not happening. Yeah. So, I mean, tell us a little bit, you know, you were you you had the confinement of, you know, a certain number of bars to talk to really tell that story. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe expand the story a little bit more, provide a little bit more context and uh really tell us what happened uh, you know, while you, you know, while you were there. What gave you this opportunity and, you know, how did you make you how to make you feel afterwards? Uh, so basically the opportunity came about when he, it's like before Because the Internet, which is the second album dropped. So he was, he did like this little mini tour thing where he went to like college campuses and stuff. And he, sure. uh, went to Drexel University and the tickets were cheap. The tickets were like, I think it was like 10 or $15. Right. And so I was like, oh snap, like this is my favorite artist. I've never been to a concert before. <laughs> I was like, I totally need to go with this. And then as the tour went on he did this thing where he would go out before the show like an hour or so before the show and he would uh people would gather around him and he would play his new album like before it dropped for people like that were there like he would just play it and he would take questions it'd be like an open interview type thing um people pretty just, cool yeah it was really it's really really dope and he would like stress the whole coding thing because he's really big on like coding and stuff like that but anyways um so that day i didn't go to school 
and and uh, I just finished like my sessions at Marston. Um, and so I had these songs. I had my Yafe Kodo remix. I had this other song that I did, 22 Doze. That's on SoundCloud, too. Um, basically, most of the stuff that's on my SoundCloud before Bang, that's like a year old, was stuff that I like gave to him. So it was like two or three songs. And in that, I included a letter that just like thanked him for being an inspiration. It was just like, these songs are just like songs that I've done. I really just want your opinion on them. I'm not really asking for like a handout or anything. Like if just you could hear them, that that mean like a lot. So I put it on the flash drive. I bought a flash drive actually. It was a pretty good one too. It was eight gigs. So I hope he's using it at least. But uh, <laughs> so I got the flash drive. I drive up. I well, I get my uh, friend who I went with at Westchester. And from there we go to Drexel and we get there and it's like two hours before the show. So um, I go to exactly where the show is going to be and I just wait. And sure enough, like 30 minutes later, people start gathering up because everybody knows that he's plays the album beforehand now. Um, right. And it was crazy. He came out, he walked out. Everybody's like, oh, my God. Da, da, da. Like people were yelling and stuff. And then what's crazy, Chance the Rapper had a show down the street. Chance the Rapper came out. <laughs> and people lost their mind people people lost it um and they like chance didn't talk to like the crowd though he really just was saying what's up to um to uh donald glover and so they like were chopping it up or whatever and then eventually he set up a speaker and he played the album and stuff uh and then he took questions and whatnot and then after that he um he was signing autographs so i'm thinking all right i'm in front like of this like a long this barrier thing eventually he'll make my way to me I need to give him this flash drive. I was really nervous about it. But I was debating the whole time. I was like, do I give him this flash drive? Do I not give it to him? Would it be weird? Would it not be weird? And I'm thinking this whole time, I got to give him this flash drive. And then this group of kids next to me, they burned a, a CD of their mixtape to give to him. Like right next, I'm like, oh man, I'm just going to look like the bull after those bulls. <laughs> like, like I was right. like, oh, I don't want to look like that. So I like was able to nudge my way in front of them almost. I I didn't make it seem like I had music to give him. And eventually he made my his way to me and I like dapped him up or whatever. And he dapped me up and I was like, yo, like I'm I'm just a big fan. You're a really big inspiration. Thanks for doing all this and whatnot. He's like, yeah, for, for sure. And then he like signed my ticket or whatever. And then he was about to go and I was about to not give it to him. Like, oh, wait, wait, wait. And then he holds up and I was just like, uh, I have this like flash drive for you. There's like uh, a letter and like some songs on there. And like, if you could just listen to it, that mean a lot. He was like, all right, sure. And then he took it and put it in his jacket. I'm like, holy crap. Like he just took it. Like he, he took it. Like he's actually going to listen to it. He's going to listen to it. I had so much fun at the show and stuff. And then, you know, I'm thinking this whole time for a week straight, I had my phone out and like any number that would ring that I wouldn't know what it was. Or like I was checking my email 24 seven because I included my email, my number, uh, sure. all this stuff. Like anytime it would buzz, I'll be like, oh, my gosh, this might be him. This might be him. And I pick up and it'd be like, this is the Philadelphia blood bank calling. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, so, yeah. And then it just got to that point. Like it just got like time passed. And I was just like, man, like I don't think he's going to respond. And then I went to his next show and I showed up there at like, I was there before the parking attendant was. I'm a really big fan of Childish Gambino. I was there before the parking attendant was. The parking attendant didn't make me pay because of how early I showed up. And I got to meet his crew and I got to like auto get an autograph from him and like I got the set list and stuff. But like he never really responded to that thing. I think that that happening kind of like pushed me harder to make sure like I could make this project the best I could at that point in time. And like yeah. it really just became a, a a thing at that point. It became like a moment of like motivation. So what is what did that experience teach you about possibly being approached in the same manner from someone who admires your music? Um, it taught me that you could be polite. <laughs> like I don't know. I, I kind of like I pictured it because it happens now. Like sometimes, like people will hit me up, but uh, a lot of the times I'll just tell them to hit up uh, my management. Like, cause I'm not on like the scale where people are like running up asking for my autograph yet. Right. But they'll like ask, will be like, yo, I love your stuff. Like, I would really love to work with you. Da, da, da. Like, um, and so I say if they have any stuff to like email my management, I'll give them their email or I'll hand the business card if I have it. And that's really like how I go about handling stuff like that. I really just be appreci appreciative cause it's still, it's such like a blessing to me. And it's it's still it it like boggles my mind any time that somebody I did not know or I have never met comes up to me and is like, yo, I really like liked your music and like I really like connected with it. 
like the fact that my music can reach somebody that I have no idea what they're going through. I don't know what's going on with their life. Um, and they actually like have a connection with it is a crazy thing. So I never like, I never want to shy away from people like that. I always want to be really appreciative and like welcome it. Yeah. You, I mean, you, in, in outro, uh, you know, you mentioned that, um, part of the reason why you were so, um, why you're so into, uh, Childish Gambino is that his, his music taught you how to be yourself in your own, in your own outlets. Um, you know, so, so what, you know, is there a specific song? Is there a specific experience you remember from, I'm assuming uh, maybe, maybe, um, what is it? Uh, camp, right. Camp, camp, camp yeah. is his first album. That was right. The, yeah. Was there a specific song that spoke to you or was it just the overall message? Like what, what about Childish Gambino really inspired you to be, yourself in your music and what adjustment did you feel feel yourself making after that uh what childish gambino really did for me like uh in a a larger sense so i heard one of his beats on hipstrumentals (laughs) and i was just like this beat is hot who is this artist i read childish gambino and i was like is that a group that must be a (laughs) i was like that sounds like a group and so i did some more research and i came across luckily i found him at a point in time where his first album had already dropped and his mixtapes before that were already out. So I had a lot of music to delve into. And then um, I saw the music video for Freaks and Geeks. And it was just really weird to me because at that time, like to me personally, outside of Kanye, there was no other like, and Kanye's not even that nerdy. There was no like nerds rapping. Right. And if they were rapping, it was like nerdcore, which is like way different. Like, and, <laughs> um, so uh, to see this guy... And then I realized, oh, snap, this is Donald Glover. This is the guy who did stand-up for Comedy Central. This is the guy who plays Troy on Community. Yeah. Um, and I was like, like, this guy is doing what he wants. And, like, his music, it was just different, like, from, um, I mean, at that point in time, what was hot? It was, like, I don't even know, like, Cash Out was hot and, and like, um, just a bunch of, like, these club songs, really. Um, and I just listened to him. I was like, wow, he's really, like, making the music he wants. And he's, like, he's not bragging. Like, when he brags. It's like brags that like would apply to like kind of my life. Like I could bra- like I can rap on a song and brag about that because that would make sense. I can't rap about like the amount of cocaine that I sell. <laughs> I can't I can't rap about the like these clubs and like these hoods that I'm in because I'm not in there. Um, and just the stuff that he talked about was like really real and like just the appreciation and the cult following that he had like showed me like you can really like be yourself. And and if it's real, people will people will feel it. And that's like a big philosophy of like the music I make now and like who I work with and who I really like. Like if I feel it and it's like real, I feel like people notice that like people like it's just a feeling like, you know, when a person's being real, or you know, when a person's being fake. and I just feel like the crowd and the audience and just the entire world feels you a lot more if you're real with your music. Like if you're fake, like it could last for a little bit, but somebody like people will start to notice that it's not really you. I think that was the biggest effect he had on me. It was just really like him. It was just all his music in general. To quote the great Joe Budden, real <laughs> recognizes real, but we can spot fake too. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Shout out Joe Budden. Uh, word. Uh, so let's let's get into uh, the uh, the lightning round, because I don't know really, really what else to call it yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, everybody calls it lightning round, so why not me, right? But, but right. there's got to be a better name for this for the uh, <laughs> short questions. It'll but come. it'll come, it'll get there. Uh, it'll. I'm sure one day I'll be sitting around with uh, with Stephen Ethan in Marson House, and they're going to be like, you know what that, you know that segment at the end of the show, it, it, you need to call it something else, and I'm gonna, I'll minute. finally decide. <laughs> What's that? I said mighty minute. I don't know. That's the first thing that came. In. The, mi- the mighty mighty minute. Mighty All mighty right. minute. <laughs> there we go. Uh, okay, so this is probably a no-brainer, but uh, you know, if I get if I could snag any artist uh, to collaborate with you, who would it be? It would be Childish Gambino. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, let's. Uh, so the same question for producer. Uh, probably Kanye. Kanye. Okay. Yeah. Kanye. One thing I really appreciate about Kanye is his albums are like audible experiences. Yeah. Like the, right? it is an experience to listen to those albums front to back. Uh, I felt that, you know, the graduation had that, but it, he really drove it home with 808 to Heartbreaks, uh-huh. my Dark Twisted Fantasy, my, uh, and it, you know, Yeezy, I mean, had that. I didn't really enjoy it as much as the other ones, yeah, but, um, yeah, but it was that, it was still that same idea uh-huh. that this is going to be an audible experience front to back. It's great. Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, what about uh, venue or city to perform in? Um, I definitely want to perform. Well, as far as here is concerned, I definitely want to like perform at the TLA. But as far as venues, it's a, it's a dream to sell out Madison Square Garden. That'd be crazy. Sure. That'd be insane. Yeah. <laughs> That's. Uh, I think every even even me like I don't I don't uh, like I would love to li- record a live podcast from Madison Square right. Garden. Right. Wouldn't That's that like, be crazy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doing anything from MSG, I think, is, uh, you know, you could ask a ask a dentist, like, what's your dream? Like, oh, I want to do a root canal inside Madison Square Garden. <laughs> That'd be so dope. That'd be so dope. Uh-huh. Right? Um, so let's, um, so, y- you know, so you gave props to Joe Bunn. I asked Carnage this uh, yet uh, uh, in the last interview. Unfortunately, because of an, um, a software glitch, it did not get this part of the audio. So I'm going to ask you. And you'll be the first one to answer this question Ooh, uh, officially on on the show. Uh, you're familiar with? Are you familiar with Slaughterhouse? Yes, I am familiar with Slaughterhouse. I actually, uh, well, it's not like I listen to their stuff crazy, but I wrote to their beats once, and <laughs> like I okay. like the song. So you're familiar with with the group then? Uh, yeah. You know, Doherty's Crooked Eye, Joe Bun, Royce the Five Nine. Mm-hmm. If you were to be on a Slaughterhouse track, but you had to replace one of the four artists. Oh, to be on that track. <laughs> who, who are you taking off to give you room to get on? Oh, um, let's see. I got, I got. Oh, that's so hard. Crooked Eye isn't Crooked Eye anymore, right? He's like King Crooked or something. Uh, no, he still I, calls himself Crooked Eye. He I think still calls just, himself Crooked Eye. Twitter uh, handle is just King Crooked. Who would I? Who would I? That's so hard to choose. Um, I think. The person that I would have to at the end of the day, I'd I'd say this is gonna probably sound like blasphemous, but I would say Joel. <laughs> that's not okay. even that's not even because like I don't like like his verse already because he's dope. But it's just like let me be the let let me be the Latino on Slaughterhouse for this. Song. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, that I, makes I, sense. That's Hispanic that makes world. that makes perfect sense. Yeah, it'd probably be Joel. Yeah, when uh, when Carnage and I talked about it, we both selected. Royce for this, um, and we but we both had a similar reasoning. And if I would, you know, if I was a rapper and I would and I was to do that, I'd want to get, um, I'd want to get really deep. And I feel like Royce has a floor almost or a ceiling, whichever way you want to look at it, on on where on when he's willing, uh, how deep he's willing to get into his life. Like I feel like I know the least about Royce across all four artists. And I would want Crooked, Joel, and Joe to have like that. That I just want them to like just tear themselves apart, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, emotionally. And I think you know that's one of the things we enjoy about them. So yeah, that, um, that would be, that would be, I think like Royce really like he pushes himself when he's on a track with M. Yeah, like when Eminem's yeah. on, it's like a different type of Royce. <laughs> Absolutely, that's a great point. Like he and it's it's almost it's it's significantly different. I'm sure it's for a reason. Like he wants to. He want you have to step up your game in order to to get that you know for people to feel like you belong on a song you know with M right uh, for what you know whether you agree that Eminem is one of the best or not you know his that perception's there and you have to really exactly. match that uh, but on but he gets to be who he wants to be on Slaughterhouse tracks and what we see is who he wants to be and that's how we that's why we can appreciate him there exactly Eminem um, is okay. one of the greatest of all time though. <laughs> He is. He yeah. is. Steve, Steve and I have had a conversation about this, and Steve makes a compelling case for why he's overrated, but uh, I still think that lyrically, um, lyrically, he's definitely one of the yeah, best. Like, when it comes when it comes to making when it comes to song creation, he falls short. Yeah, yeah. Lately, lately, it's like, uh, did you hear Marshall Matters LP two? Uh, I listened to it one time through. I wasn't crazy about it. Um, I, about I listen it to less music now than I used to. I listen to my friends now. You know, like I listened to, uh, you know, five years ago, I was listening to, you know, all, all the mainstream stuff that was coming out and a little bit of like the, un, you know, like when Gambino came out and stuff like that, of mm. course, that caught my ear. But now it's I'm listening to mainstream albums that I'm really into. So maybe like Kanye or Loso yeah, yeah. or Joe or 
Um, but otherwise, I'm listening to Chad Downing. I'm listening to whatever you know Marston House is putting out. I'm, put, I'm listening to like my friends because right. because now that everybody has an opportunity to make such quality music, it's 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 a lot more fun to listen to my friends because I resonate a little bit more with what they're saying. I know them personally, and their music is of the same quality that I would be listening to otherwise. Exactly, yo. I, the, speaking of Loso, I was such a big um, Fabulous fan. Like I had bought from nothing to something and i bought loso's way i was such a big fabulous fan i was like yo he's like the greatest of all time <laughs> i was drawing yeah. i was drawing fabulous is nice though fabulous is dope fab is nice fab, fab gets because he caters to the mainstream um because he because he caters to the mainstream so much sometimes the the rest of us forget how lyrically talented yeah, he yeah, is yeah. his mixtapes really like show that yeah exactly exactly uh, okay, so what's next from you? That's uh, you know, you just put out Bang, so clearly you're you're promoting this and you're trying to leverage uh, any you know respect and attention that you're getting from this. But you know, everybody who's in in any any profession is always looking at what the next step is. What do you think Eddie Madrid's doing next? Uh, what I think Eddie Madrid is doing next is starting to get these shows. Speaking of which, uh, I have a show on the twentieth in Levittown at the Stadium Bar and Grill. Uh, it's 21 and over show, so if you're 21 and over listening to this, you should go. Uh, but uh, I start doing these shows, really, and just promoting the, the promoting Bang, getting these videos done. Um, we're really trying to get this video for the song um, Broke Boys out, so that, that's, that'll be a really good thing, I think, to, to put out. And uh, after that, it's really just working, because now I have connections. Now, ever since that, ever since Bang out, people were like, all right, you, like, you can really, like, you can really make like music, like even more so than just rapping. Like you can make a song, and yeah. and so it's really just working with these producers and putting out and getting together stuff like for the next project. Uh, that's way like way later down the road, but really just beginning like the process of of getting back into it. And then on top of that, just doing these shows and videos and um, pushing the rest of our label mate stuff that's coming soon. Awesome, man. So if someone's listening today and they want to connect with Eddie Madrid, how do they do that? Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter, twitter.com slash underscore Eddie Madrid, um, instagram.com slash underscore Eddie Madrid. Or if you want to go straight to the music where all the stuff is already linked, just go to soundcloud.com slash Eddie Madrid right there. Wonderful. And every week we feature a song. What song off of Bang do you think we that we should let the, the people hear? What song off Bang should you let the people hear? <sighs> so hard um i'd say uh, i would say probably that's really hard to decide actually now i think about it uh probably let's say i love her which is track five and here's here's actually why because not many people have caught it yet but um have you heard kendrick lamar's control verse where he like name dropped everybody Yes. Okay, so it's basically that song, I Love Her, and her standing for hearing every rhyme, is like a love song to hip-hop. Um, and I talk about how I'm talking to hip-hop in both verses, and I'm, I'm talking about how, uh, like, you know, like, I don't know if I'm the best, but like, and I know that a lot of dudes have been with you, but I don't even care about that. Like, just give me a chance. And in the second verse, nobody, I think, has really caught it yet outside of, like, two people, but they, they were there to rec- when I recorded it. But um, I name-dropped like every major rapper by like their first name in like the second verse. And then I also start referencing legends. I go from, who do I go from? I go from Jay to big. I think I, I think I do grandmaster flash and rev run and stuff just all like that. So if somebody could listen to that and actually like hit me up with like all of like the names that I drop of the artists, if you, if you can figure that out, then like I will, I don't care who you are or where you are. I will send you a CD for free. Cause I really want nice. somebody to know who like, to be like, all right, here's who you name drop. Like, it would just be really cool if someone figured it out. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, all right, Eddie Madrid, soundcloud.com slash Eddie Madrid. Go listen to, uh, to Bang. I'm a big fan of it, and, uh, and when you hear it, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll realize why, you know, Eddie is my favorite on Marston House Records. Of course, blogtalkradio.com slash Marston House is where you can listen to all of these podcasts. We're also in iTunes, and that's where you can get the ciphers, I'm Tim on behalf of Steve, Ethan, and the rest of us here at Marston House. We will see you next week. Peace.
Thanks for hanging out with me today Even though I haven't been exactly what you would say An intensive partner, but I feel that I lost you But whenever I feel that way, I just speak and we're awesome And I know I'm not the only guy here that you talk to A lot of people try, but they just make you look awful And I know you're trying to see whether I really be on you And I know that I ain't perfect, but just know that I want you And it doesn't matter to me past people that haunt you I know you mean good, there's other people responsible for your mishaps And for your scars, you've been NYC All the way to Compton Boulevard and everywhere in between You show me so many things, like how to be yourself And how to love the girl of my dreams And now it's to the point without you, I cannot even breathe And you inspire me to make being with you my dream and i know you told so many people you know i'm just hoping that you tell me yes every guy you've been with saying he the best and i don't know if i am but no i'm different from the rest and i don't know if it means much coming from me but hey i know it meant a lot when lonnie did i know the problem is so many guys have hit but i promise i'm gonna give you everything i can give i'm singing yes i'm in love with you yes i'm in Girl, when I was nine years old And what I hope you love is I got so much soul You love talking to me late at night as I walk home I got pictures of you hanging all up in my room So I guess it only makes sense that I try to be with you You were there when they wasn't And I know right now you kinda going through a rough spot Let me show you I can take you out and above it But everyone is telling me that I am not your type But hey, they told Mr. West the same thing, right? Next thing I know, he took you away from Curtis Your relationship was beautiful and damn near perfect Before him was Sean, before him was Chris Before him was Ron, before him was Joseph No, I got some competition, but for what it is worth I'm trying to be better than all of them And that is my word, that's word to Aubrey That's word to Jermaine, that's word to Tim T And Oliver Wale, that's word to J. Scott My crew, Sir Robert, Don G, and Mr. K to L. Dot Duckworth I mean, could go on, but you get the point Most men I know, they will probably find that annoying But I swear, I don't even care about these dudes As long as you give me a chance, cause I'm in love with you I'm singing Yes, I'm in love with you. 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 In love, I'm, I'm in love singing. In love, yes, I'm in love with you. Tell me that you love me, tell me that you want me, look inside my soul, tell me that I'm yours, tell me that you need me, tell me that you need me.